How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I would have to say, this is probably my favorite time of the year. Thanksgiving. It's a great time of year. It's time to be thankful. It is, and there's lots to be thankful for. I'm mostly thankful for the fact that there's some great food to eat tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm being really shallow here. <laughs> but no, it's that time. Thanks for going there. I'm just trying to say, you know, like, when push comes to shove, you got to listen to your stomach sometimes. But I just, I, I think it's a great time of year for us to kind of look back and think, yeah, there's lots for us to all be thankful for. And and uh, I, I, I've always admired you, Audrey, and in, in, in what you do. And this is something that you're not often recognized for because people don't know you do this because you're not looking for recognition on this. But, you know, you've, you've had many a rant here on Tech 5 Radio and given many speeches and written many op-ed pieces and articles around, you know, building inclusion and diversity and attracting talent and all the strategies behind that. And it's all well and good. But the idea of when people are actually here, once we get people here and how we keep them here and the idea that, like, we need to be welcoming. And like Thanksgiving to me is this perfect time of year to think about like what does it mean to like welcome people? And what does it mean to build community? And, and if people don't have a family, how do we welcome them to our families as far as that goes? I know you've got a ton of insight on this. I know you personally go out and do so much as people come to town and you welcome people into your home all the time when, when, when there's holidays and, and, and chances for celebrations and things like that. So I just thought it would be a, a good way to kick off our Tech 5 show tonight to talk yeah, about Yeah, I mean, to be grateful this. for Thanksgiving is a year passes from the Tree of Life massacre. Yeah. And, you know, so many of our lives, you know, are not right. the same. Absolutely. But life goes on. You know, we talk about talent. You know, we're in a near perfect um, economy in terms of hiring people. It's less than 3% unemployment, particularly in tech. It's probably less than that. So it's a, it's a tricky time. It's a tricky time to have a city that needs to grow a little bit to be a place that's dynamic, meaning companies come in, companies leave, companies grow, companies blow Mm -hmm. up. And that all makes it a great place to be because you're just keeping the movement. And, you know, I mean, even if you think about New York City, New York City isn't really growing, but what New York City is, it's still churning. People are going in. And when you have that kind of uh, infusion of people from all over, it changes the complexion of the city, both um, literally and figuratively. But you hire people, you go through onboarding processes, you try to make sure that the right people are in the right jobs, doing the right work. You know, people who are building these companies and doing those things, they do that each and every day. They worry about that stuff. Exactly. But the the question is, is what do we do as a Pittsburgh community? Not just the amenities that we have, incredible amenities. Right. What do we do as a community? And as individuals, that makes sure that people are really feeling included. Exactly. And Pittsburgh's a tricky place that way because if you come as a couple, it's a great community. If you come as a couple with a child or get ready to have a child or, you know, have kids, Mm -hmm. you can get plugged in. You can get plugged into your neighborhood. You can get plugged into sports. You can get plugged into academia. You know, uh, there's an array of things. And so as a parent or as a a, um, 
you know, someone who's guiding other people through this, you can get plugged in. But when it's a city where people boomerang, they come back because of their family, they come back and they have a network. They have a network of people they went to summer camp with, people that right. they grew right. up in elementary school, people, you know, and so they know a neighborhood. They have this deep kind of um, immediate cluster of support. But when you come and you're not part of that, and even if you're a family. It's hard to plug in. It's and how do you plug in? Because Jonathan already has yeah. his family. And that's why like on Thanksgiving, it's like, I don't want someone having Thanksgiving by themselves. I want to be able to plug them in someplace they can go. Right, but it's, it's <clears> also <throat> not just at Thanksgiving. It's all the time. Exactly. It's all the time in being inclusive so that people of all dimensions understand. I like that, dimensions. Well, people yeah. of all dimensions. There like are all that. kinds of people that come here. Right. Get get sort of plugged into a feeling of belonging. And it's really basic. Like it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's, exactly you know, right. you got to have food, you got to have shelter, but, you know, you're really looking for achieving the sense of belonging because that's what rounds out your life. And it's great to have incredible work. It's great to be a part of, you know, having an impact and building something, you know, that's going to the moon and back and solving hard problems. We're great at that here in Pittsburgh. But I would say to all of you, at this time of year, yep. at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, at Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, this is a time of year where take a look around. See how you've reached to grab others into your life or help them mm-hmm. so that they can feel connected outside of their work. Exactly. That makes all the difference. And it makes all the difference because it's a sense of community. And in this day and age when we're all so plugged in and we're all – part of you know technology which i love that you love right it really is the human contact it's not an app that's going to connect you it's it's, it's the people. human contact right. of being included in an authentic way that's how i try to live my life simply no yeah. matter how well, like i said that's why how I annoying talking. i can be from time to time yeah. that's really at my core for sure is that it really is about this kind of connectedness and if we can facilitate that in others the tentacles grow deep. Definitely. They grow really deep. And then we start to build the next generation of Pittsburghers. You can't do it without people staying here and feeling welcome and feeling And feeling and welcome feeling matters. Feel, feel no matter what your skin color is, no matter what your sexual preference is, no matter what your race is, what your religion is, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It does not matter. And that's the piece. And that's the piece that I've thought a lot about over the year with the Tree of Life. I believe and it. the massacre and thinking about not just how precious life is and how quickly it can go. And I don't want to get on a conversation around guns or no guns. No. But the amount of pulling together, particularly the Muslim community being so supportive, black community being so supportive, that we all have to look at each other mm-hmm. and say, we really, we're in this together. Exactly. And that's why this is a perfect time of year It's Thanksgiving. think about this. And- I'm thankful <clears throat> for a lot. I'm thankful for the time that I've had. To be working on the team at the Tech Council and looking ahead to see where we go next. But I think it's a time to pause. And just I ask all of you to look at yourselves and say, how are you doing this? How are you reaching out to help? How are you being a good role model with your own kids and others? Absolutely. It doesn't take that much. Just a little effort can go a long way towards having someone feel like they're part of this, stay here, and that just helps. But everyone wants to feel like they're a part of something. It doesn't mean that you have to be an extrovert or an introvert. 
it means that you just want to know that you matter. Exactly. Well put. I like it. I like it. I'll take those words. I'm glad we got the opportunity to talk about that a little bit because the talent fight is not getting any easier out there. And if we can just do basic things like being good human beings and welcoming to others, I think it's going to go a super long way. Audrey, we got a cool show in front of us tonight. We've got a little Neighborhood 91 that just started up. Really cool story with our friends at the airport and a whole ecosystem being built around additive manufacturing called Neighborhood 91. And also, after we had a number of interviews I conducted at the Huntington Bank Podcast Studio that will be part of tonight's show. We've got so many stories to tell. We can't always bring them on air. So on tonight's show, we have Hornet Security stopping by to talk about some of the latest things that they're up to with all things email security. And in our ongoing series, Audrey, that we love so much, reinventing, I'm sorry, Healthcare Reinvented with Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield and Allegheny Health Network. We're talking to some folks that are hanging out with, the, with all about cardiology, all about different heart conditions. And I just love having these conversations with AHN because... I do too. These are people's lives that are being saved and impacted here. And to tell a little story about how some of these, we're, we're talking to neurosurgeons, to heart surgeons, to cardiologists. We're talking to some really interesting women and men that are behind Allegheny Health Network. And for us, it's an honor to bring those stories. And once again, you want to listen to any of these stories, all of Tech Vibe Radio, you can listen to us at your will. Just go to iTunes, go to Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Tech Vibe and you can find us there. So we're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Tech Council at pghtech.org and have a happy Thanksgiving. So I tell you what, Audrey, as you know, we've been exploring the insides and the outsides of some of the great cool work happening at Highmark and Allegheny Health Network through our Reinventing Healthcare podcast series. And I've been having just way too much fun with this because it seems like every other week we are really hanging out with some of the uh, the most like, talented people, folks that are saving people's lives. They're embracing technology. And a lot of the work these folks are doing is only happening here in Pittsburgh or it's just kind of pioneered here in Pittsburgh and now the rest of the world is kind of catching on to it. So it's been some fun storytelling. Well, AHN is just sort of quietly being an innovator. Exactly. And you know what? We don't want you to be quiet anymore. Yeah, we're trying to shout it out a We want bit. to shout it out so that people can really understand what kinds of things you're working on. So today we're really going to talk about the heart. The heart, man. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Well, I didn't say that. You I said did. that. I know. I like, I like, I like saying the, <laughs> I the, the obvious sometimes, right? I know. That's <laughs> more than obvious. So <laughs> we have two physicians in the house that I'd like to yeah. introduce. And before we introduce them, remind everybody that if you want to listen to any of the healthcare, uh, the uh, yes. Reinventing Healthcare series, just go to iTunes, go to Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, just search for uh, Healthcare Reinvented and you can nerd out on this stuff because we have some longer play stuff. Our, our terrestrial signal doesn't give us enough time to fully explore, just to give it a little taste, if you know what I mean. So, so let's introduce... Who do we have in the house? So uh, I'm Monil Shah. Uh, I'm a non-invasive cardiologist at Allegheny Health Network. And I'm uh, Satish Malouk, uh, the chief of uh, vascular surgery at Allegheny Health Network. So we're going to start with the sort of imaging piece, right. the non-invasive imaging piece. I like the way Dr. Shaw says non-invasive. <laughs> See, that makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> so Dr. Shaw, talk about – you know, we know a little bit about this heart flow technology, but our listeners don't. So talk about that world that you work in every sure. day and the kind of tools that you use. So uh, one, of my, one of my focuses uh, is on cardiovascular CT, cardiac CT. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice test where we can visualize the arteries of the heart. 
and look for blockages, look for heart disease. I mean, actually being able to see it. You know, not, not, not guess or conjecture and think you might have a blockage, but exactly. like saying, nope, we can see exactly where it is and right. what it's doing. It's direct visualization. Right. And that can be very helpful for patients to determine if their symptoms are related to that or not. Uh, the heart flow is basically when we see a blockage, you know, sometimes, sometimes blockages need to be fixed. If they're, if they're significant enough, a 70-80% blockage, sometimes if they're only 20-30%, then they, we can just treat with medications only. Um, so that's difficult to tell with just using CT images. Um, so what we have now is there's a company in California called HeartFlow, and they offer a way to do flow analysis of the CT images. And that will help give us a better idea of whether that blockage that we see on the CAT scan, or whether it's significant or not. Okay, so a referral comes from a doc to see you, right? It could be... Uh, well, well, typically the, 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 yeah. the physician themselves, they, they could refer to me, or if they're comfortable, they could order the CAT scan themselves, too. Okay. Com- most commonly, it's, it's a cardiologist, usually, uh, or sometimes a primary care physician, ordering the CAT scan first. Okay. And then I would be one, uh, I'm one of the uh, physicians who interprets them at Allegheny Health Network. And then we would decide, if, if I see a blockage when I'm interpreting the study, then I'll send it to California to, the, to HeartFlow for a flow analysis. And as you were saying in our podcast interview, um, you actually get those results back on the same day. Correct. You're not waiting a couple weeks to wonder what's going on, but that same day you know really well what's happening at that point. That's exactly right. How much, I and mean, that's taking a lot of stress off of, off of people just knowing at that point what's yeah, happening, right? Yeah, it gives them, yeah, you know, it, it gives them the patient the information that they need and, and the physician the information that they need so they know what's the next best step. Start charting that course and mm-hmm. get people on the right track. And so before this, or in other places that don't have heart flow, what... What was the methodology? Yeah, I mean, the traditional method of testing when you're looking, suspecting a patient who is having um, heart disease or blockages is you start with a stress test, and if the stress test was abnormal, then the next step would be a heart catheterization where they feed a wire and catheters up into the heart. Uh, and, then, and then with that, then they could take pictures of the arteries themselves. However, w- what we found was that a, a lot of patients end up getting a heart cath who end up not having significant blockages. So they've gone through all that rigmarole Correct. and not necessarily having needed it. So right. that's why I like the idea of doing the CT scan and having the heart flow done. You can get a really good idea. Yeah, it provides an, an alternative before a heart cath to say, well, let's do the CAT scan first. Maybe this patient doesn't really need a heart cath. Right. And we can avoid, it, avoid an invasive procedure. Very cool stuff. Now, when things get kind of crazy. Right. When things when, get a little bit crazy and you need to now go to the next step. You need to see Dr. Maluk at that point. Right. So here we have Dr. Maluk, who we've introduced a few moments ago. Yes. Who is now the vascular surgeon and director of AHN Division of Vascular Surgery that we now are going to talk about something that's called TCAR. Yes. So, Well, what TCAR is, is um, just like you can get uh, blockages affecting the heart, you can get blockages affecting the carotid artery, um, which supplies the brain. And that kind of blockage is pretty serious because it can lead to stroke. Uh, and historically, uh, we've, we thought we've had pretty good methods of dealing with carotid blockage. Uh, we've done uh, carotid endarterectomy for many years, dating back into the 1950s. That's an operation where you uh, actually clean the plaque out of the carotid artery. Uh, as an alternative, uh, you can do a stent that's placed from a catheterization approach from the groin, from the femoral artery. And um, that seems to have slightly higher stroke rates, so we didn't like it quite as much. But um, we didn't think there was that much room for innovation. Uh, but lately, over the last few years, uh, TCAR has been introduced, and that's a, a transcervical carotid revascularization where we place a stent 
But rather than coming from the femoral artery in the groin, we make a small incision in the neck and place the stent from there. And that has a lot of benefits. We don't have to traverse nearly as much uh, mileage in the vascular system to get to the, to the problem. So because of that, uh, we have a lot less chance of causing right. a problem. I remember in our podcast series interview, you were saying like literally it's like five or six inches to get that place as opposed to literally going several, several yeah. Yards probably, right. if not more than that, to make it all the way up. So people are there, healing right? from this quicker, I would imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely, because uh, compared to carotid endorectomy, our incision is smaller, uh, and uh, we have uh, less chance of uh, causing a stroke compared to the transfemoral carotid standing because we're traversing less mileage, as exactly. you say. So it's been great. There's another real benefit to TCAR, and that's where we create a retrograde flow. We actually connect the sheet, the thing in the carotid artery, the sheath in the carotid artery to the femoral vein. So we deliberately create a fistula wow. um, where Jeez. flow goes backward in the carotid artery for just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's enough for us to do our treatment. And lower that chance of stroke, right? That's right. So yeah. all the, any plaque that we loosen up uh, by our treatment gets, uh, rather than go up into the brain, which we don't want, it goes backward and gets trapped in a filter so that uh, we uh, uh, minimize the chance of stroke. Very cool. Well, I know that when we talk, and and you're going to have to listen to our deep dive with these two physicians. There's just not enough time. There's not enough time because the fact of you have have capability to do non-invasive through the work of of heart flow, new technology. And then you also have much more effective treatments when you want to go in and you have any of these kind of complications so you stay less. I would imagine in the hospital, yes. and that your treatment and your post-op is is highly beneficial. So when we think about the amount of heart disease that actually exists, not just in southwestern Pennsylvania but across the United States, and that this innovation is happening in AHN, I don't know. I'm sort of proud. I think it's cool. I like that. People, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's really cool, and I and I really appreciate. The, the candor of both of these physicians in terms of Definitely. adopting technology and innovation because it's not always easy to do that, particularly when you think you have something that's working right. well. Yeah. And you got people's lives on the line there. And, and yeah, and your customer right. are live human beings that could be in dire straits. Yeah. So my hat's off to AHN once again. I agree. And allowing us to do just a little bit of a peek into the work that you're doing and to saving lives. That's why I've been so pumped up about the Reinventing Healthcare podcast series to have these discussions, Audrey. And it's opened my mind up so much. And I know if people listen to it, they're going to be just amazed at what's happening here in Pittsburgh with Allegheny Health Network. And so we've got a lot more of these stories to tell in the coming months, which I think is just so exciting. But we got to take a quick break and come back. So uh, Dr. Shaw and Maluk, thank you for hanging out thank with us tonight. Thank you so much. We appreciate it Happy so much. Happy to do it. We're taking a quick break. We're coming back with a lot more Tech 5 Radio. As we take that break, log on to the computer and download Reinventing Healthcare. It's a lot of fun to listen to. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. You can learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and we're hanging out in the Huntington Bank Podcast Studio. And we're talking to some good old friends here from Hornet Security. You know, we've been we've been hanging out for a while. I actually, have a really cool podcast series we spun up called Hornet Cast, talking about all things around like cybersecurity, email security, and uh, I'm really excited to bring your story to our terrestrial signal here on KDKA. And so I got a group of folks here. I got. 
Jeff Locke hanging out with us. Of course, Oliver Denning, who runs the place, and Craig Beer Temple, who does all of the marketing here in the Pittsburgh office. So glad to have you guys hanging out with us today. Good to see you. Thanks, yeah, Jonathan. Very, very cool. So, Oliver, first off, give us the quick pitch on, uh, on, on, on Hornet Security and what you guys are all about. And we're going to jump into some new stuff that you guys have rocking when it comes to encryption and email security. Well, Hornet Security is a cloud security company. We do cloud security services for businesses. Um, mainly around email, not only around email, but mainly around email. Uh, over here, we're quite new. Not too many people know about Hornet Security yeah. yet. You brought it to Pittsburgh, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, yeah I, li- I love Pittsburgh. Um, it's a ni- very nice city. Uh, just uh, a while ago, we talked about the similarities to my hometown, Hanover. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, as I said, Hornet Security is... is kind of new over here, but in Germany, I would say everybody who has something to do around email, email security will know about home security. So you, I, I, you have a big presence in, in Germany and, yeah. and so forth, which yeah. is great. Now you're going to build that presence in the United States, and you chose Pittsburgh to do that, which I think is just awesome. That's why you have guys like Craig and Jeff hanging out here at the Pittsburgh office. Correct. Great stuff. So... Craig, real fast, your background real quick and, and what, what's going on with Hornet. Sure. Uh, I'm the marketing side for the U.S. office here uh, for the North American presence. I work on all things content and getting the word out and brand awareness and uh, helping us acquire new partners and get the word out about Definitely. our solutions. Definitely. Uh, what's the buzz? We have a great new product that we just brought to market. I'll, maybe I'll let Oliver sing its praises. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, there's really been a big push recently to get the word out about uh, 365 total encryption. When I was reading through some of the details on this, I was like, I want to talk to our IT service provider here at the Tech Council because I think I want this stuff on our 365 accounts. <laughs> are you you probably office? need it. Yeah, so I think we do. Are you in an Office 365? We are. And I, one, thing I have, one thing I have noticed is with 365, I feel like Weird stuff comes through on email sometimes, and you know people are trying to hack it all the time just by the types of emails that you're getting and spoofing and weird things like that. I would like to know that I had some of the Hornet specialty on it, <laughs> for lack of a better term, because I feel like you guys can really lock this stuff down. But you know, that's just my own personal opinion as far as like me getting to learn about what Hornet's about through the podcast series we've been doing. Mm-hmm. I've just been really impressed with what you're bringing to the U.S. market. I'm like, I think I want to use that here if we could. Well, I'm personally glad that it made you think about it. It made you think and ask questions about it. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's better than not knowing anything about it and, and the value it can totally. present. And I want to tell our listeners, if you're out there and you want to learn more about what Hornet's up to, like seriously, go to any of your major podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Deezer, you name it. Just search for Tech Vibe Radio and you'll see the Hornet cast that we house within there. We have about six really cool conversations yeah. around all things when it comes to, to security. And I think we've kind of laid it out in a kind of a fun, easy-to-listen-to format that kind of makes it like folks like me that can kind of enter, appreciate the, the power of, of having good solutions and things like that. So, yeah, right I tip my hat to you guys. It's been a lot of fun hanging out, having these kind of conversations. So, Definitely. yeah. So tell us about the new product. What, what's going on with, with encryption? I know encryption was part of our podcast yeah. series. <clears throat> and I think encryption is obviously so important because that's, that's what keeps your stuff safe. Yeah. And, and so, so Oliver, set it up for us. Tell us what is going on with that. Yeah, you, you said something about Office 365, and uh, actually that's the first impression people have about email security. That's about filtering out bad emails that you don't want to get, spam, viruses, and things like that, and that's quite true. Um, most email services, Office 365 included, do have some kind of filtering mechanism built in. 
but for many, you said that, it's not good enough. Uh, it's not what they want. It's not flexible enough. And also there are some other things that are pretty important about email. Um, it's not about keeping the bad stuff out. It's also protecting what you want to have, your that, own that's data, a right? That's really good point because I think we're always thinking about the other side of things but not realizing that we've got to keep what we're talking about internally from being read. Because I know and through our podcast series, you really opened my eyes, my eyes, Oliver, when you were talking about how really almost anyone can read your emails. As it's in transit, there are many yep. points along the way where it's pretty easy to pick something up and start reading it. Yeah, anybody who is along the way, most people are not. This is why they don't realize. But it's in a way, it's just like the good old postal system with with written cards. So if you're sending a postcard, <laughs> open a letter right, and start reading it. Put it if back you're in. sending <laughs> a postcard, anybody who's who's handling that postcard can read what you wrote, and that's very much alike with email. Right. If you don't encrypt in, in any way. Because I know early on, I just assumed that everything was locked down and no one could get to anything. And then as we were talking about this subject matter, you made it quite apparent to me that that's not the case. And that's where I was like, wait yes, a second, this is why Hornet security <laughs> exists, right? <laughs> now, when it comes to, to cloud computing, um, we're proponents of cloud services. Uh, we firmly believe that cloud is the right way to go in IT, but there's one disadvantage of cloud services. Um, cloud services tend to be big, and um, they, they are homogeneous by definition. Exactly, uh, right. Meaning, um, if as a hacker you want to get in, you solve the problem once, and then you have access to tons across of data. The whole thing, right? right? Exactly. Across the whole thing. And this is why people rightfully are afraid that they lose control over the data once they store it into a cloud service like 365. And this is why we invented 365 Total Encryption. What we do is we encrypt the data, the email data in Office 365 so that nobody has access to that data, only okay. whoever has the encryption key, which is right. the customer. Gotcha. Wow. So that's that's what I'm talking about. So uh, this is something that you have to go through your service provider to, 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 to have done. Obviously, you're not selling directly to, like, the Pittsburgh Tech Council, but to who are service provider. Actually, you, right? actually, we do. Oh, really? Okay, yes, okay, do. cool. This we is why, why we're having these, these discussions here. Yeah, we how have, does this work? We have customers from one user up to a largest customer has some 10,000 users. Okay. And wow. yes, we that's also go to service providers, but that's not the only way. So um, we usually not we're not selling direct, meaning we usually sell right. through a service provider. But gotcha. at, at the end, as a very small business, you can use the service that we provide. And there is, in a way, in a technical way, there's a direct connection between you and us. Gotcha. So Jeff, I want your insight on this. As far as I mean, obviously, you've been with the company now for how long? Uh, it'll be 11, almost eleven months. Fantastic. Now, in that 11 months, I mean, obviously, you're helping to get some of these new services out. What, Definitely. What, what's your take on how powerful that these services are? And that, I mean, you're, 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 getting, you're standing behind this yourself. So, I, yeah, so I was yeah. in the same position you said you were uh, starting the podcast. I didn't really know that much about what we did um, on the marketing side. So I had to learn a lot about it. But I've been attending shows, so I've been having direct conversation with the people we're selling with, our customers. Right. And I've found that what we're doing, it's very advanced. It's not as advanced when you actually you know, talk about it in a broad way. Right. But the actual, you know, higher level of it, it is advanced. The, and people, the technology behind it makes it very simple. They don't so. understand it. Right. So in my eyes, it, it's very important that we start building awareness around encryption. And with 365 Total Encryption, what we're doing is we're giving the customer themselves the ability to actually control their own privacy, which is something they've never had the ability to do fully. 
And I think that message alone is the key message of total encryption. And that's a great mindset to get people into because that makes them more proactive on security just in general. And I know through so many of our conversations through the uh, through the Hornet cast, it's been all about creating this kind of culture of being vigilant. It's not just one tech solution, but it's having a whole mindset towards it. And so being able to be you know responsible for your own email protection through this service, mm-hmm. I think kind of gets that mindset going. And that's exactly what Oliver said because right. the cloud, I mean, it surrounds you. So Absolutely. what you're doing is you're giving yourself the ability to have control over something you really never had control over to begin with. Exactly. And so, Craig, how has the market in Pittsburgh been reacting to this so far? You know, we just uh, announced it almost, what, two weeks ago. Okay. So this is just out of the blocks. Yes. Yeah, so the, the fever has really been around social media. Uh, Definitely. Uh, the, our posts and letting people know about it in, garnered incredible engagement. A lot of people were interested, a lot of click-throughs to the website. And you can find out. Uh, just go to hornetsecurity.com. Right. Uh, you'll probably see a banner at the top talking about 365 total encryption. Um, and then obviously letting it out to our U.S. Hornet News subscribers. We have a newsletter that goes out once a month. You've got uh, some great tips in there, too. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it was the most clicked on link. It was oh, yeah? the new product announcement. Very cool. Uh, everybody loved the new product announcement. At least some of the feedback that I'm getting. So I, I, I see it building up, and I think with the shows that we're going to be attending, more and more people start hearing about it. Uh, and a lot more people will yeah. be asking about it. So we've got about a couple minutes left. 2020, talk about attending shows. I, I can't believe 2020 is almost here. And people make New Year's resolutions about you know, they're going to you know, get in shape or maybe they're going to be a little more proactive with some of their uh, some of their cybersecurity or so forth. What, what, what do you see would be some of the bigger trends rolling forward in, into 2020 and beyond? Is encryption going to be the big thing for Hornet as you keep rolling forward? Uh, encryption is a – well, it is a big thing. It's it's um, It's – getting bigger and bigger. It, uh, encryption is not a new technology. It was there decades ago. Uh, the problem is that handing encryption is complicated. So most people don't really understand encryption. Most people don't understand what's, from a technical standpoint, necessary to do to properly encrypt. Right. This is why we built the product in a way that uh, any reasonable guy can... But essentially, you're, you're clicking a link, right? You click a link, you activate it, and then you watch it happening. That's all that's it, what that I'm, all it see, takes. See, that's uh, what I'm talking about. That's why I like it, because you take care of all the hard stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. We click the link and activate it and make it work. I find that so exciting, and I'm really just so glad to be hanging out with you guys tonight. So glad you stopped by to kind of give us this update on the latest products, and just really reminding our listeners that I really encourage you, go search out HornetCast. Because I think there's some really fun conversations going on there around all things cybersecurity, especially if it's your New Year's resolution. You can kind of get a few ideas, hits, hints, and tips along the way. So, guys, once again, thanks for being part of Tech Vibe Radio tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Jonathan. Jonathan. Thank Great you. stuff. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We've got a lot more Tech Vibe coming your way, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. I'm from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and you can learn more about us at pghtech.org. Better yet, follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back to Tech Vibe Radio. Yes, you are hanging out with Pittsburgh's best, the quintessential tech show on KDK. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Rousseau. And Audrey, I always get really pumped up when we have friends and family stopping by. Are they related? They could be. I think they're related I think, I think, to us. I think Paul and I once did a DNA test, and we found out we're like seven cousins removed. Well, that's, that's Pittsburgh for <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Actually, we just live in Pittsburgh together, so that makes us friends and family. <laughs> we have Paul O'Rourke here. He is from the airport. You are vice president of marketing, correct? Correct, sir. Absolutely, man. So glad to have you here. Obviously, like, the airport and the Pittsburgh Tech Council, we're like lock, stock, and barrel, man. We, we hang out a lot together. 
you guys are helping to move the region forward, obviously. And As are you. Symbiotic relationship. We're trying. We're trying. Great. It's a great relationship. It, but you've been up to some uh, some interesting things over the last week or so. Just yeah. a bit, just a bit I mean, just to let, past, just to remind us yeah. that the airport is on a continuous journey to lift us, literally and figuratively, absolutely to uh, into the new world. Basically, to reflect and serve the region and uh, inspire an industry. And, uh, yeah, we're moving onward. You're moving onward, and something new was released a couple of weeks ago called Neighborhood 91. So why don't we start with that? Yes. The, um, if you think about it, Pittsburgh has, and everybody knows, the airport is not located in the city of Pittsburgh proper. It'd be really However, hard to land planes in there, right? We're trying to move a region forward here. Exactly. So we talk about the Pittsburgh region. Right. And I'll get to that a little bit more later. Okay. But Pittsburgh has 90 unique neighborhoods. And this 91st is going to be a game changer in the additive manufacturing. Oh, so you're you saying my neighborhood's not one of the game changers? It, where you live. Don't Squirrel give that Hill. information out. Squirrel yeah. Hill. Oh, it's a game changer. See? I was stomping Did you notice that? that? All the 90 neighborhoods are amazing. But now we have a 91 amazing no. neighborhood. So, that's first is, uh, so it's neighborhood 91. Yep. And we're, we're, it's a basically a cluster strategy focused around the additive manufacturing and 3D printing industry. Yeah, exactly. And we've signed our first client on, our first tenant, excuse me, okay. or our, our neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> and we've signed an MOU with the University of Pittsburgh to support with uh, R&D and uh, workforce development. And we are headed to a conference called Formnext in the next two weeks in Frankfurt, Germany, which is, I understand, the Super Bowl of right. additive. It's like the largest right. of the largest, right? Yeah, internationally. And, and again, we're uh, that's one of the reasons why we, we went with the name Neighborhood 91 and the whole Pittsburgh concept because – it, around the world, Pittsburgh is known for additive mm-hmm. and 3D. It, it's not a you know when we first were trying to get uh, flights, international flights. Okay, Christina and Brian were flying around the world and talking to folks about Pittsburgh. Not everybody had gotten the memo about the transformation of the last right. 15, no, 20 years. Exactly right, right, right. But when we talk additive and 3D, they know um, it. I was at the, a show called Rapid. Um, put together by SME right. um, in Detroit last year. We're going to go to Anaheim next year, um, but. You know, we say uh, we're from Pittsburgh. Oh, but yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. So Pittsburgh and additive manufacturing go together. Exactly. And the idea of having this one space, it's like over 190 acres, where you can build a whole ecosystem dedicated to additive. It's got to be a game changer for the industry to know that you can be in the center of expertise, then amongst more companies that are all doing the same thing. Right. And it, it, as far along as it's come, it's, it's I think, still in its infancy, the industry. And... In terms of there's there's so many unique technologies and people are doing so many cool things with additive and 3D, right. but to make it scalable, to make it profitable, has been um, it's been a, a challenge. So by using this neighborhood concept, you know, and you, if you think about your neighborhood, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to Home Depot or Amazon to buy a, a 50 foot extension ladder. I borrow my neighbors. Borrow it from your neighbor. If only I talk to my neighbors. How many times am I going to use a chainsaw? I'm going to go Every over day. and get this guy. Well, these guys, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's the concept. Uh, you right. don't have to 
Uh, we, for instance, our first tenant that we signed on, Erin Sebia, um, they're based in, in PA, but um, they have signed on. They believe in this project. They manufacture and recycle argon and other noble gases. And argon is, is critical in both powder production, some right. of the um, – Key components uh, in digital manufacturing. Post-production right. manufacturing. So it's used in at least two or three steps uh, of additive and 3D. They're going to have a presence there so that um, we can help to – rather than them building X amount of plants – Around other manufacturers, you keep it central where all the so all what's it? Be. So keep fast it forward, think yeah. about five years from now. Yes, what do you imagine five years from now? Uh, nirvana, <laughs> nirvana, <laughs> additive manufacturing, nirvana. That's right. What does it look like? Let tell me. Think about where you're headed there. Well, we have partners, like I mentioned, in terms of the University of Pittsburgh, and um, you have two world-class universities, um, CMU, in, in terms of uh, the great things that they're doing at Mill 19, in terms of R&D, in terms of robotics, right. and of AI is sort of the next you know, generation, and how do we fit that in or integrate that with AM and 3D. Um, so we, we envision you know, maybe uh, 10 to 12 different neighbors, um, everywhere from... Uh, powder producers to which is the you know critical element we'll have air and sebia there as the argon gas supplier we will have um parts producers we will have post-production uh, heat treatment um partners i keep saying partners it's neighbors paul it's neighbors it's a neighbor it's neighbors but i yeah. like that i'm going to start calling my neighbors partners and then even you know <laughs> digital digital uh, folks that um help provide the analysis and the testing and qa so we can have restaurants out there yeah, yeah, I can, I can envision that. Right? Well, I, mean, I mean, it's 195 acres. Are we going to have a skateboard park? Yeah. No, and don't you dare mention a racetrack. If you could digitally. <laughs> I don't want a racetrack. I'm just thinking <laughs> like during the day, yeah. like, you know. But the idea that, you, that you're building this cluster, yeah. it's close to the airport, it's a hub, it's close to the 376 corridor. Like yeah. it's really becoming this area where you just don't go to the, for the airport to take a flight, but it's actually where a lot more business is now being conducted, which I think is exciting. Yeah. If I could quote my friend Bob Curley. Is that what it is? Er- quoting someone else. Eritropolis. Eritropolis. Well, we have to yeah, take that term and use that. But That's- if you think about it, I mean, it's a great location because – um, one, we have the land available. Right. Um, I think there's 8,800 acres that we sit on, 5,500 are developable. We have 3,300 that are yet to be developed. And our first focus was this Pittsburgh Airport Innovation Campus. And then soon after that, the idea for additive came in. And um, like you mentioned, it was what? Ten, nine or 10 short months ago that we broke ground on the innovation campus. And here we are. Uh, a few short months later, and we have our first tenant and a partner in the University of Pittsburgh. It's amazing. And we're going out to get more. I, I just love seeing the progress. There's absolutely no messing around. I mean, it is literally transforming what's going on. And this is on top of the terminal remodernization project. <laughs> just a little thing kind of going on right there. I mean, there's just so much going on. I, I, your head must be spinning going to work every day, keeping track of all this. Yeah, well, just what, last week, two weeks ago, we announced the microgrid that's going to... Right, in the yeah, microgrid. Right. Right. Talk right. about that real quick. This is I want people yeah. to know about that. Yeah, this, this microgrid is going to power the entire um, terminal. Um, that's airside as well as the terminal modernization program, which will be the new land side, which will be snug, fit right up against uh, concourses C and D. And it'll provide um, not only, um, well, should I say, less expensive um, power to the um, facility, but also, uh, more importantly, resiliency. 
yeah. because you know things that I think it was a fire in Atlanta that uh, knocked stuff down, knocked right. power out, and when you think about the um, you know the worldwide network that is uh, air traffic. One stop for a couple of hours at uh, any one major airport is it, just devastating. It's a domino for, effect. Not only for that Absolutely. airport, but for the entire It's the first in the world, right? It will be the first. Um, there are there are several others that are uh, parts of a mm-hmm. uh, facility. Right. you got the whole thing going now. This is going to power this the entire Because it's gas and it's also solar as well. Yes, too. and it's, um, it's a four right on our property. That's what's so amazing is you, you're, the airport's sitting on top of some natural gas reserves. Yeah. So you're using that gas and using the sunshine that comes down from the sky, solar obviously. Solar will be involved in it. A little it. bit of everything. And that's making the airport more resilient, energy efficient. Yeah. I think it'll be the solar, I think, is like... Somebody equated it to like six football fields, a little six, over six wow. football fields. That's a lot of panels. So coming down in a so plane over So we can see it when we land over it? As soon as you land, you'll be gone. Well, I think the it. other thing that's going to be interesting is when you create a neighborhood like this that's around this kind of ecosystem with adjacencies in a marketplace. It'll be interesting to see the proliferation of people who will live out that way. True, true. I think the um, the – Again, the the benefits of being at the airport, the primary ones are um, the availability of land, the microgrid, the mini microgrid that's going to power Neighborhood 91. That's what I was going to bring up. I was excited that Neighborhood 91 has its own microgrid. Right. So think about that. Like, you know, if you're going to work out there, you might want to live out there. That could do an amazing for that. That section of Pittsburgh. Well, we're actually getting ready to publish a white paper that demonstrates that I think it was around 60% of, um, of lost cost in additive and 3D is power going down. Because if you think about it, it's a... Because it's a, of the amount of power that it takes. Power that it takes, but also the process in terms it's of... It's a long you think process, about it, and it uses so much energy. Done, right. And you know, you, then you have uh, a wasted product, and the whole... Well, industry. I like the fact that the airport's thinking about things that are both on the ground and off the ground. Yeah. And, and you can get your products or your people anywhere in the world within 24 hours. Very or less. quickly. Absolutely. Cutter, air, cutter Cargo. I know. With cu- BA, Condor. See, I can't keep track and of you guys anymore. And I took that BA flight. Me. And What'd I plan think? on going. It was awesome. It's, it was an awesome trip to the UK. We'll talk about that another time. But it was a great example it's like, what, of a partnership. It's like six and a half hours to get to London. Well, going. Coming yeah. back, it's a little longer. Well, there's, but a, there's a headwind coming It's back, just, right? uh, it was a beautiful plane Great experience and lots of opportunities for companies to expand. Yeah, and they're a top-notch organization. We're glad to glad to partner with them to help the region and uh, again yeah. onward. So, Paul, if people want to learn more about all the activity, you have a great site, the Blue Sky Pit. Yes, that's amazing. I, I look forward to your email coming. I think it's like every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at six a.m. And it, there's so many cool stories about how the airport functions and the technology behind it. There's just great stories there. I know there's a lot on Neighborhood 91 there. I'll be, everything you guys are up to, the microgrids, everything is on that site. And I really yeah. encourage people to sign up, visit the site, and then sign up and get the emails every Tuesday because I think it'll really. Help to keep track of all the progress that you guys are making there at the airport. Yeah, nice work on that. Neighborhood91.com or blueskypit.com. And there's a three-story package on there right now about the the new neighborhood. Perfect. As we said. Or as we're going to say, form next. Here Absolutely. comes the neighborhood. <laughs> Paul, you're the best. Appreciate you stopping by to <laughs> fill us guys. in. We need you back on as soon as possible for more updates. Audrey, Jonathan, thank you so much. Thank Excellent. you. Another Tech Vibe under the belt, Audrey. But next Wednesday, more Tech Vibe coming your way. And remind everybody, you can listen to Tech Vibe anytime you want. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, 
Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Tech Vibe Radio and you can listen to us on demand. This is Jonathan Kirshner. And this is Audrey Russo. Have a great evening. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 